Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen and I'm joined today by good friend Mason from Buffalo. Now, I hope that my uh, volume of my voice does not boom so loudly through this house at nearly 9 p.m. Mountain Time because I do have, it just occurred to me, I have noise-canceling earphones on. So there's a chance that my normally booming voice carries even louder just because I might be trying to, to, to hear myself. So let's let's try to avoid that this evening. How about that, Mason? How are you doing? <laughs> oh, not too bad. How about yourself? It's been a good night for football so far, surprisingly. Yeah, been been a pretty decent matchup. You know, I, I spent most of the first half writing, doing some stuff for work. Um, but I um, decided to kind of tune in a little bit closer here in the third quarter. And this game's very, very competitive, it seems. But Browns, though, I was looking at kind of a box score and may have dominated this game. Um, it, it genuinely hasn't been close. Like, it, the, the score itself is pretty disingenuous because, man, the Steelers' offense has been gagging just all over the place. They've converted one of seven third downs so far. Like, oof. Yeah, and I mean, they're just getting the ball back here, 529 to go, and we'll, we'll get to this game kind of as the night goes on. But uh, I guess I'll, I'll start with this. Um, Jacoby Brissett, I said this briefly on uh, Wednesday's pod, but now I've, I, I really think Tuesday's pod, I mean, I, I think I really have to stress this again, and I wrote this several times this week, and I've said it. He is just not as bad as you think he is. He, he is like a very passable starting level NFL quarterback for stretches. And there might be a point where he does revert, but he's an excellent backup because what a good backup does is he can give you a certain percentage of the NFL season where he plays like a great starting quarterback. We saw that last week with, with Joe Flacco. I think Jacoby Brissett can give you six to eight games of being an above two average starting quarterback. And that is honestly exactly what the Browns need as as they wait for their uh, problematic quarterback to get back in the mix. Yeah, and I mean, you've seen it really all game, too. It's They haven't asked him to do a lot you know it's it's all been some pretty nice open throws nothing too deep nothing you know seriously outside the numbers it's all just been really right in front of him and then let your playmakers do their work and I mean missing TJ Watt obviously is a pretty huge loss for defense but I mean it you know they they've picked up just about anything they've wanted to they just seem to stall them out a couple of times here and there that's really made it look bad for you know the score wise yeah uh the Steelers offensive line I think at this point we can say is just not that good um they they have the same they have the same issue that they had last year which is the fact that this you know this offensive line is just not up to snuff for what an NFL offensive line needs to be. And that's, you know, slightly underrated. They lost Mike Munchak a few years ago and that that's really when it started to feel like it's, it's gone down here, but, but, but this has been an issue for multiple years now and you just kind of want, and and look at that. And then straight through like paper, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That I think you're about to play you're about a play ahead of me, but yes, uh, 50 come. Who is that? 50. Yeah, comes, 50. 50 comes around the edge like there's no one there and uh, just gets Mitch Trubisky Phillips, Jordan, not Jordan Phillips, but um, yeah. Wow, that there's that's just a running back missing an assignment, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. absolutely brutal. And I mean, honestly, yeah. too, you, you watch 
the receivers and the quarterback are clearly both not on the same page and are both just like not quite up to snuff for what you need for an NFL game because sometimes Mitch hits that really nice deep ball and they're dropping it. And then other times he's severely overthrowing them. And so it's, they, they're just, they're never on the same page and it has just been, it's been a nightmare for their offense. I'm, I'm, honestly a little surprised they've gotten as many points as they have yeah it, it has been an absolute nightmare for the Steelers offense aside from you know the viral George Pickens play which yeah I mean that was insane what an incredible catch that is I mean it, they were comparing it at half to the Odell catch yeah. I, I I don't know which one of those is more impressive I kind of haven't seen the George Pickens one enough i think after i see it a few more times i might be ready to put it over i I still think the odell play is like just one of the most absurd football plays i've ever seen in my entire life and it's hard to top that but like he the where that ball is thrown and how he attacks that is just absolutely wild but then still you do things you can say you know Oh yeah, George Pickens, whatever. He's been targeted four times tonight. Like he makes that incredible of a play and you just go away from him? Like uh, to me that that doesn't make much sense. No, it really doesn't. I mean, I I think as far as the the conversation between that and the Odell play, I'd give the Odell play a slight edge because I mean, he was getting fouled on that play too. Right. Yeah. And he's falling out of bounds backwards and he can't see the ball. Right, where like George Pickens is landing inbounds as he's pulling the ball in, where Odell has to have the wherewithal to hit his feet too as he's going down. Like, I mean, yeah, everything that he did on that play was incredible. Yeah, to me, the Odell catch is the greatest catch in NFL history. And like, it's hard to beat it just because everything about it is just an absurdly high level of difficulty. Um, But yeah, George Pickens. Drafted him in fantasy, cut him about a week ago because they just refused to use him for some reason. And I, I, I mean, to, I, to be to be completely honest here, Mason, I mean, Mitch Trubisky's fifteen for twenty five for one hundred fifty yards. Like, if there was a game to bring in Kenny Pickett, this was it. Like, it was. I don't know why they haven't put him in. Like to me, that tells me something. That tells me that Mike Tomlin, for as much smoke as he wanted to blow at us for the entire offseason, that Kenny Pickett was this dude, and like draft night, he drops the he has a chance to start for us, and he praises him in the preseason and all this stuff. Maybe they are just gonna <laughs> sit him for a year. Maybe that is the plan, and maybe it's just because that offensive line is so dismal that they don't want to hurt his confidence. But other than that, like there is no reason Mitch Trubisky should still be playing games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like he is, he's, I'll give him credit. He's eliminated the, the mistakes. He doesn't turn the ball over much anymore. But if you take that part of his game away, he's just an average backup quarterback. Yeah, he's he's definitely a backup at absolute best at this point. Just everything you've seen in this game does not feel like, you know, somebody you want starting for your team. And I guess maybe Tomlin does want a full redshirt year for the new guy there. And, and if there was a coach in the league who might have the rope to do something like this, Tomlin's the guy. I mean, they mentioned it in the thing. He's the third head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, here he comes again. Here comes Mitch. I mean, 15 for 25, six yards per target. Like, it, Yeah, that, what, that's not what, an acceptable rate. Yeah, like, what are we doing here? Like, I mean, even Jacoby Brissett's at seven air yards per attempt. Yeah. Like, what, what, what are we doing right now? Like, uh, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I get Mike Tomlin gets a lot of rope, but, like, come on, dude. Like, if you really believe in your – first round draft pick like you've got to give him a shot to play yeah I mean unless he's so worried about how bad that offensive line is he doesn't want to give him you know the uh the 
Derek Carr or the David Carr experience or hell, the Joe Burrow experience. Yeah. Yeah. We will keep an eye on, on this last drive as it develops. Same thing else about this game. Wow. Oh, holy crap. Oh, wow. That is Pat Fryermuth just getting up and making a play there on this that, last drive. That's I mean, a pretty, that was that, money. That's a, that's a pretty great – I mean, Mitch must have heard what we were saying about him and was like, oh, look at these two bozos talking on a Zoom Oh, call my God, just... going to make us look like absolute fools. <laughs> going to just shove them up really – oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'm about a, I'm about 10, 10 seconds behind you. He's like leading the perfect drive here. Wouldn't this be that? This would just be the all-time like oh, Mitch. Oh my God, Screw these guys. Oh, 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 oh that. Okay, no, okay. <laughs> oh. How? Oh, oh, hold on. I don't know about that. Maybe you review that. I think you review that. I, I think, think that's if you're a the pick. you want it reviewed. Let's see this replay here. Give, I'm, I'm, oh, let's see. Oh, I think that's I a pick. Know. I don't know. I couldn't see his left. Okay, here's a better angle. Let's see. One. No, no, he is square on that. We got white. You can see it right under his foot when he's first grabbing the ball. That is, there's no good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. George oh, Pickens. George Pickens. What are you doing there, Bo? Like you got to grab that. Yeah, I mean, that, like, that's, I, like that's right on his hand. I mean, a little high, a little high. It could have been a little lower, and he could have easily powered his way through probably for the touchdown. But, oh, my goodness. No, can't can't follow through there, though. I mean, honestly, the, the Cleveland Browns defense has looked really good tonight, even without Jadavian Clowney there. Um, maybe their pass rush hasn't gotten home as much as it, it would you know, with a second guy who at least has a pretty solid pressure rate. But at the end of the day, like their secondary has been pretty excellent. Oh, I don't know about that. Ew, that's a really suspect P.I. call. At that. Yeah, PI it is. That's, that's real ticky tacky right there. That that's looks like they were hand fighting each other. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. ooh, offensive? What do we got is here? It? I don't know. Let's see. Let's get that replay. This is some great A podcasting by us. People, if you don't understand what's just oh, happened. Man. Oh, uh, my goodness. That's rough oh, either way. What? Whoa, whoa. Wow. Okay, that's what we're going to do? Offsetting, yeah. Offsetting pass interference. Okay. So is that replay the down or what? Yeah, yep, that'll just replay the down then. I assume, because I mean, they one's a spot foul and the other, but you would still assume they offset. Mm. So by the way, to our loyal podcast listeners, if you don't understand this part of a podcast, about two minutes uh, from where we're talking right now, rewind and just throw on the game highlights of the last drive of the Steelers and we are reacting live to that just I, I want to clarify for our podcast I know no one it, listens to this no. but it's going to be very confusing for like the five people that do it, it will yeah and it wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do but then it started dealing and it's like oh god <laughs> yeah uh, well I cannot believe we're going to be forced to watch Giants Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Oh uh, my God! What were they? I mean, okay, everybody gets a Monday Night Football game, so I guess they got to get it out of the way at some point. But like, Ugh. might as well just skip Monday Night Football that night. Like, I'm I'm not watching Cooper Rush versus Daniel Jones. I'm I'm not interested in that. I, I mean, I, I'll admit to, at the very least, a morbid curiosity because, you know, Brian Dayball is kind of our boy up here in Buffalo. So, right. you know, we wish him well over in New York and want to see if he can do something with that. And I mean, if he can get Saquon Barkley to keep looking good, that could be a team that's at least like good enough to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs. 157 here left on the game clock. Let me practice and play by play. Mitch takes the snap, looks, rolls right, throws. That'll be broken up by the linebacker, 50, I believe. Yeah. That's Phillips again. Yeah, uh, he is just all over the place. 
That'll be fourth and five on the night, and they'll have to go for this here if the Steelers Man. win this ball game. He could have had that if he. All right, kick it. Oh, I don't I mean, know if I agree with this. <clears throat> I, I guess they need it. I, I guess. I mean, yeah, either I, way, they're going to need an onside kick. They don't have the timeouts to yeah. survive a drive. Yeah. So. Yeah. What do we got here? A flag? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, it's too – man. See, now, that's not a coaching mistake I'm used to seeing uh, from Cleveland these days. Too many men on the field on such, like, a crucial play. Yeah, I think that – does that give them – that's going to give them the first down. It does not. I think it keeps them fourth because they were six or seven. Yep, fourth and one. Okay. I mean, but, hey, at this point, that might that might change the math a little bit. Now it might be time to go for that. Speed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think or, hey, he might be he might be looking to see if he can decline the penalty and keep the field goal that he just got though. Otherwise, what's he talking to the refs about over here right now? Yeah, I, I, I that's a good point as well. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, but one one thing just throughout this game, Nick Chubb continues to dominate this year. Probably you know, like if I if I had to pick a rushing title winner right now, I think it'd be Nick Chubb. I mean, the only thing I think that holds Nick Chubb back from the ability to get the rushing title is the fact that Kareem Hunt also looks good. <laughs> yeah, and, but still, and, I mean, they don't even use him that much. I mean, Kareem Hunt only had 50 yards tonight, and Nick Chubb gets 100 yards on, on 20 yeah. carries. Pretty good. Dang. Man, they have such a good rushing attack with those two. That's I mean, got to be probably the best in the league. Yeah. I mean, just for the one-two punch alone. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is absolutely amazing, but. So, I want to wrap up Browns-Steelers talk here by just pulling up the Browns schedule for the next five weeks. Because if they start two and one here, their next five games are the Falcons, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens, and the Bengals. And then four weeks after that, you get Deshaun Watson back. If they go even two and three in that stretch, that's a huge win. And they have games against the Falcons and Patriots, two games that they could definitely win. Um, the way the Bengals look right now, that might be one too. Yeah, I mean, they, they are going to be – I think they're going to be there when Deshaun Watson gets back. With this start, I mean, I, I just think they're – if they hold on to this game, I think that the Cleveland Browns in December are going to be in the playoff race. There's just no way around it. Like, they have won the games that they needed to win in September. I mean, I think it would be one of the most Browns things ever if, with Jacoby Brissett, they do really well, they keep the ship afloat, they're well in the playoff race, and Deshaun Watson comes back and they end up missing the playoffs. Wow, that would be fun. That would be really, really fun. It would be some delicious karmic justice, too. I mean. Yeah. That would be really, really fun. I'm rooting for that. But, uh, yeah, here's the onside kick. Hopefully this is pretty routine. Oh, it's not routine. Spicy. It's not routine, but there's a flag and lots of discussion. And that is going to be on the kicking team. I don't think the ball went far enough. Yeah, I'd agree. All right. So let's get to some of these other games. Yeah, that should pretty much kill it. That should pretty much kill it. So that that was some live analysis of of Steelers Browns. Uh, what I, this game got more exciting. You know, I I didn't want for that to happen, but this game just got too exciting down the stretch, which is is kind of wild to think about. NFL always, you know, they deliver. Uh, I'll give them that. Uh, what? Let's start with the Bills. Bills 
Dolphins. What an interesting game. Uh, this is Tua coming off his great performance against the Ravens versus the best quarterback in football, in Josh Allen. And yet, it is- still, like, I, I don't think the Dolphins stand a chance here with – like I, I get the, I get the Bills are probably down Jane Jackson and the defense looks a little bit shaky right now with some injuries, but still, I mean, I think this could devolve into a shootout, and in a shootout right now, I am never gonna pick Tua over Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm obviously really looking forward to it, and as a fan, I have an odd trepidation because it's just you know built into us, I think, in some regard. Um, but, you know, on paper, the Bills do just, they look like the better and the deeper team. And I think um, it, for at least Miami, if you come out of this and you can at least hang in a shootout with the Bills, even if you lose, that's a win. In your, I mean, they've blown out two consecutive teams, and I know maybe Tennessee isn't going to be as good of a team as everybody kind of thought they might be coming into the year, and the Rams are still figuring some stuff out. But you don't just hang 41-7 to seven on a team in the NFL. That's not something that just happens on an everyday basis. And so I, it's, it's going to be a really good matchup. Division matchups are always different, but then you have the added – disadvantage at least on the bills part that they have a whole new head coach and this is only going to be his third game with them so you know we don't exactly know what we're going to be seeing as far as that's concerned and then obviously the injury report i think is going to be one of the biggest concerns for the bills Uh, half of the starting lineup for their defense is looking like it's on the injury report right now none of them practice today micah high jordan poyer um Obviously, uh, Johnson, that's probably going to be quite a while until we see him. But Jordan Phillips and Ed Oliver, none of them practiced. And as far as we're aware, it's all very up in the air as to whether or not they're even going to play. Gabe Davis, I haven't heard anything about either. So it might be a very depleted Bills roster that they're going to be facing. Yes, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, As I you're right. The Bills roster does look like they could be depleted with these defensive injuries. Um, two, I just want to see more, though. I said that on, on Wednesday, and, you know, I, I'd parrot that right now. I, I just want to see more from Tua. Like, I, I understand I understand that he is a, a very good, uh, you know, a, a player with a lot of potential – but like, let, let's see it a little bit more. Let's see it in big games like this. Let's let's see them keep up with the class of the AFC in the Bills. And uh, if I can, I, I think we have to view the Dolphins in a very different way. But I, I personally don't don't see that happening. I think the fact the Bills are only getting five and a half points here is extremely disrespectful. I think that they win by ten or more. I think, um, at least with the Tua conversation, for him to to finally start hitting the realms of some of the the top, you know, three, four quarterbacks, this is something he's going to have to do for at least a couple of years. Because, I mean, nobody even really bought Josh Allen after year three. Like, there was still a ton of, like, well, we're going to watch him regress to the mean this year. We're going to watch him come back down, and we're going to see that. Because, I mean, we've seen those glorious years out of a couple other quarterbacks. Nick Foles is the guy who immediately comes to mind. I mean, he threw seven touchdowns in a game. He led a team to a Super Bowl. He had an absolutely glorious run with Chip Kelly for one year. And otherwise, he has been mediocre to bad everywhere else. And there's not, I don't think, a lot of great explanation for exactly how all of that went down, but it's you got to see it a couple of years in a row before you can really believe that this is something that we're going to start seeing on a more consistent basis. But that being said, this Miami Dolphins team looks really impressive so far this year, and this is going to be a really big measuring stick game for them. Uh, I do agree with you, though. I think the Bills take this by at least 10 points um, just because Josh has – taken Miami to the woodshed for nearly his entire career and I don't see any reason that's going to stop right yeah I know they have a different coach but a lot of personnel is the same and they're going to remember yeah 
let's chat about Lions Vikings very quickly. Um, didn't talk about the Lions much last episode, but I have just got to say uh, the Broncos are going to break my heart this year. I just know it. They already have. I'm already disappointed. I'm already uh, not having fun watching them. My team this year, my, my side team this year, is going to be the Detroit Lions. They're just a fun team to watch. They've got a bunch of offensive weapons. Amon Ross St. Brown is the absolute truth. The guy dominated the Washington football team last year. And, hey, Jared Goff has not looked terrible for two weeks. He's he's made some Jared Goff decisions, but he's looked more like, you know, prime Sean McVay, Jared Goff, than end-of-run Sean McVay, Jared Goff. So I, I think this one's this one's going to be tighter than people expect. I can't stand the Vikings. I already can't stand the Vikings. It's week three, and I already can't stand the Vikings. Like, stop. Stop the Kirk Cousins charade. Like, we saw it on Monday Night Football. We have seen this so, so many times at this point, Mason. Like, he is not the answer to your franchise. Like, you you brought in this new coach because you thought – Oh, maybe he can elevate Kirk Cousins. Okay, well, Kirk Cousins has had a long time to prove you wrong. He doesn't need more than two games, honestly, at this point in his career, because he's had enough different coaches at enough different stops. But I think we know at this point what Kirk Cousins is, and if Kirk Cousins somehow finds his way on to the Niners next year, as everyone expects him to at some point, because Kyle Shanahan's in love with him, guess what? I won't take the Niners seriously either, because Kirk Cousins is not a good quarterback, no matter who his coach is. He will never be a good quarterback. Can we just give up on this guy already? I'm sick and tired of Kirk Cousins. I, of the Lions, I'm jazzed on this team. Just purely from the coaching standpoint, Dan Campbell, man, he is one of my favorite dudes in the league, hands down. Like some of the shit that comes out of his mouth is absolutely wild. Oh, did you see that game? Well, half of it, I was taking notes on a passed out drunk. I was like, what is wrong with you, man? You're just he he is just a guy's guy out there living his best life and trying to coach a football team. And I'm here for it. I, I want every minute of it. And I think that, you know, his attitude and the way he handles things, he might be one of those coaches that genuinely earns his team an extra win or two every year. He might just be one of those dudes who can just elevate that roster a little bit just because he's got that attitude and that will that's just infectious. And I so badly want to see them just put the Vikings down and – make an absolute show of that because it I think you saw it last week all you have to do is take Justin Jefferson away and you're good they don't have anything else so if Kirk can't feed him the ball where are you gonna go with it buddy and he just doesn't ever seem to have a good answer for that so I think the Lions have a really good shot at taking that game yeah I'm excited for this one It's going to be one I I keep an eye on for sure. Another one for me, and then we can hit uh, two or three of yours and kind of get out of here. I like to keep these – I like to keep the more media analysis and the recap just because there's more to talk about once the game's already been played. But uh, uh, Packers, Buccaneers, this one's fascinating because literally every single Packers wide receiver is hurt. I don't know if you saw that tweet today, but like – Literally every single Packers wide receiver is dealing with an injury. Like, oh God, like this might be Romeo Dubs and like nobody else. Robert Tanyan has, Robert Tanyan has like an ankle. You know, Alan Lazard's dealing with an ankle. I think uh, Sammy Watkins dealing with a hip. Like, oh, what a shocker there. they, They are just, they're, so so injured and then you're like get them that ayahuasca and get them going man yeah and and then you're like well maybe they can use their running game nope you're going up against the top 10 running defense in football in the the tampa bay buccaneers 
it, it feels like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones would have to do something cataclysmic. This feels like one of those early season Packers games where it's over in the third quarter and the Buccaneers have won this thing by like 30 points. The Packers defense has sneaky not been as good as advertised. This could be the get right game for Brady early on. It could be, or, you know, maybe I know, I know Dan Hansis has gotten off of it, but this could be the continuation of the gradual decline of Tom Brady. And we could see a little more frustration out of him because I think some of that frustration you're seeing is more or less his body letting him down. And uh, I'm here for it. He he tortured our fan base for a couple of decades, and I'm here to watch him fall off that pedestal. So, I mean, I don't think the Packers necessarily even have to be that good. If he played like he played last week, it's going to be a hard season for them overall. I mean, yeah, the Packers have a lot to do, but Aaron Rodgers pulls some magic off sometimes. Maybe this is the game. This is the one, and, and Tom Brady just keeps on falling. Yeah, maybe. I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers be special again. I feel like that Sunday night game, I, I, I get it was a lot of screen passes and, like, stuff to Alan Lazard. Like, I I'd like I, I get he doesn't have much to work with, but, like, I'd like to see Aaron Rodgers be special again. Uh, I feel like he is, he's certainly not playing his best football either. So this will be the national Fox game, I believe. So I, I'm excited to keep an eye on this on, on Sunday afternoon. Uh, let's talk about a few games you're interested in here, Mason, anywhere you want to go in particular. Yeah. So uh, first one I'm definitely excited to see is Bengals jets. Uh, uh, okay. The, the, the jets pass rush so far has not been great. Right. But the, but the Bengals O line has also been an absolute sieve. So slowly moving object versus totally probably an object. Let's see which one makes it, you know? I, I think that uh, it could be the get-right game for Joe Burrow. But on the other hand, for the Jets, it could be just another stacked win that, that helps them keep kind of pushing forward. Their rookie seems like they're, do, they're doing well so far. So, I mean, it seems like the, at least this draft, they finally hit on a couple. I mean, and honestly, a couple of defensive uh, players from past drafts are also working out pretty well. So, I mean, the Jets might actually be able to turn this ship around a little bit, and as long as they can get a quarterback that can either play ball or stay healthy, they're not too far away from at least competing for a second spot in the AFC East. And, I mean, but the Bengals, it, it, it's, it feels like that it has to come at some point, but they just lost to a completely decimated Cowboys team working with a backup quarterback no one's ever heard of. So it doesn't inspire a whole lot of confidence overall for them to, to you know, turn it around. But, you know, early season, it is September. Maybe this is a game that they finally coalesce everything and everybody comes out firing and Joe Burrow can finally get some of those more, you know, magical passes off that he can because he just he hasn't proven to be all that mobile. And so if he doesn't have a good pocket to work with, he just doesn't seem to make as many of the amazing plays that we're used to seeing when he has just that little bit of time that he needs. You are certainly right. It's good to get right pass rush wise against the Bengals, and I, we'll, we'll we'll see if the Jets actually have one or not. Uh, very quickly on, on Sunday, part of me thinks the Bengals are going to respond. Part of me thinks that the blocking will get better. That Joe Burrow will have a little bit of time. Just because it's the Jets, and the Jets have not carried over positive momentum well in the past, well, really their entire existence. So I'm not sold on the Jets as a whole. I'm just not. And we'll see how this one plays out, but I agree it's an intriguing matchup. Yeah, I'm I interested. Think, I think at the I'd end like of the to... day, I think. I think the Bengals do pull it out at the end of the day, but man, if he ends up taking, you know, four or five sacks again this game, I think it's genuinely a serious concern for the whole season. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I think that one thing to keep an eye on here is Jamar Chase. 
who has been very quiet through two weeks. He's probably playing against Sauce Gardner here. Can he become more of a part of the offense? And I get a big reason for that is the sacks. But can Jamar Chase get more involved? Like, even if you have to throw, like, screen passes to him, like, he has just got to be getting more touches and becoming more involved in the offense. 15 receptions through two weeks. Like, that. that's good. But if he is your best player, you need to be giving him the ball at least 10 to 12 times a game. Right. And again, with the way that the offensive line keeps giving up pressure, you would think they'd want him on a screen or two or or some of those quick slants where it's just real quick ball hits hand, ball out of hand and let him make the play. And he did that several times. And he did that several times last year. It's not like he's only some deep threat wide receiver. Like you put the ball in his hands and Jamar Chase is a playmaker. Like, you have ways to combat a shaky offensive line. Yep, and it just doesn't seem like they're super interested in making that happen just yet. Hopefully they'll stop beating their head against the wall soon, though. Yes. All right, let's talk about one more game here. Where do you want to go? So the oh, last and game. Then, and oh, then, uh, of course, you know, I can't can't we will talk about 49ers broncos because we're we're yeah no we do have to get that for sure we're contractually required to but before i did sign something to that effect yes uh but before that uh the last game that i definitely want to watch is uh the commies versus the eagles because man Ah, jalen hurts has looked so good good. so far this year yeah and i mean honestly carson wentz hasn't looked I mean, he's looked Carson Wentzy, but man, he's, sometimes when you can wrangle that in, it's a fun experience. He was, he was really, really bad last week. He was, he was, he, he was, was really, man, really bad. You know, I, I just, I, I, I don't know why. I just, I really love, like how he plays. I don't like the outcomes of a lot of it, but I like the fact that he. Is always a hundred percent for it. Like that, he he lives with every decision he makes, and he wholeheartedly makes them. And so, I love that kind of commitment in a player, even when you know he's not on my team. So, I guess I get to love him a little more when he's not absolutely destroying my seasons. Uh, but I, the Eagles have looked like one of the most complete teams in the NFL. I mean, their their pass to run ratio is so close to even that it, it, it's got to be impossible to defend against them, especially, again, the rushing quarterback makes things so much harder on every defense when now you have an extra skill position player that you know you have to deal with. It, it just it makes people hesitate for a little too long. And I got to assume it's really tough for some of these defensive backs and some of these linebackers when you know that if he hasn't exactly declared himself as a runner and he's still technically a passer, like you've got to be really careful about how you take him down or you're losing yardage on the play now. So, I mean, the Eagles and their defense has been dominant. It's it's going to be a good game. I think they're going to absolutely demolish the commanders, but I, I very looking forward to seeing Jalen Hurts operate some more. Woo. Demolish is strong. Now I, I like I, I'm about as big a Jalen Hurts stand as they come. But I think this is a division game in the NFC East, and this is going to be tighter than people think it is. I, and I think Carson Wentz is going to do some crazy stuff to make it close. And maybe it's backdoor at the end, but I would not feel comfortable taking Eagles minus six and a half if I was a gambling man. I just would not. Uh, I think there are too many variables in the division game. And I, I think the commanders, the commanders' defense is not good, but I, I think their offense has a ton of weapons and can stay stride for stride with this Eagles offense until Carson Wentz inevitably throws his second pick of the day. Man, if Terry McLaurin can ever find himself like a really good quarterback, he's going to be amazing. <laughs> Yeah, and he, he hasn't even been that involved this year. It's been more Curtis Samuels, to be completely honest with you. So 
it'll be interesting to see how that goes in this game as well. The Commanders are a fun team to watch because they're a little bit chaotic, but they are not going to win a lot of games this year. Um, finally, Broncos, Niners, I don't want to talk about this. Um, I do not feel very good about it. I mean, why Why would I? I mean, the Broncos have the worst coach in the NFL. Everyone is hurt. Sounds like sounds like Jerry Judy isn't going to play. So it's Cortland Sutton. And then I guess, I mean, let me hold on. I got to even, I got to pull up the roster. Like, I guess it's Cortland Sutton and, and Montrell Washington or Kendall Hinton or somebody else, just the random wide receivers, but Tyree Cleveland, like, these these are the names that Russell Wilson is throwing to at this point, and that doesn't help because Russell Wilson's not a great quarterback anymore. So no, that that so, take went by the wayside hard. So so things are you know you know, by so you disagree with that. I th- I don't think he's a great quarterback anymore. No no no, I'm saying like from the beginning of the year before the year where it's like oh yeah he might be pretty good at this. That was that was a bad take. Yeah, no, he he's not a very good quarterback. Uh, that 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 is very clear. Uh, it's very clear that he is regressing and is getting older, and they just gave him two hundred seventy million dollars. So that's nice. But um, yeah, and when yeah. it feels like your coach can't actually scheme anything up for him, too, that's pretty brutal. Yeah, I I mean, it's... and I mean your your best case for beating the 49ers would be oh they're on their backup quarterback but their backup's Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, there's and there's an, there is a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo Samuel just go off this game because Debo's been very quiet through two weeks mainly because it was Trey Lance, but now that Jimmy's in there you know he's only going to have eyes for Debo. I would not be shocked if those two link up for like 150 yards and three touchdowns. It just seems like this could go very, very poorly for the Broncos. I could see the crowd once again booing the the offense off the field by halftime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that wouldn't be surprising. I mean, they're clearly I, the home the the stuff you're hearing out of the home crowd, even on the telecast, is brutal. That is no way to play home games. I would almost rather be like the Chargers squalling and irrelevance in a stadium with no fans than to deal with a set of very passionate and hostile ones. Yeah, I don't blame them. As a passionate and hostile Broncos fan myself, if I was at those games, I'd absolutely boo that team as well. I mean, oh, they, and you would have every right to do so. I mean, they, they sold themselves as some sort of contender they are a joke they are a joke of a franchise with no hope and a team that will ultimately finish with eight wins and no draft picks so that's great wrong coach wrong qb no draft picks just wonderful i mean well wh- why did i talk about this last now i'm angry before i go to bed <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the same thing every week. At some point, you're going to get sick of listening to this podcast, the four of you who do, because it, every week it's going to be, oh, how angry is Eric at the Broncos? Well, it turns out very angry. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just uh, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I, I think they should fire literally everyone in the organization tomorrow. So, yeah, not a great time. Uh, and if they start somehow, over with your whole practice squad. Yeah, and uh, somehow if they win this game, I will probably not respect them either. So, uh, look, if it makes you feel any better, I can almost promise you a conversation that I had with my mother about the Titans has not been had about the Broncos yet this year. She texted me as I was leaving the game, and she was like what happened with the other team? Is their defense that bad? And I was like, oh, they just didn't show up. They decided to put some high school team out there instead. And she literally texted me, really? And I was like, holy shit, mom. Like, first off, tell me you don't know anything about how any of this works. But 
for her to actually believe that a high school team was out there playing, that's how bad they looked. And I don't think anybody said that about the Broncos yet this year. So you have that to ha- hang your hat on. Yeah. And, I mean, if you think things are going to get easier for the Broncos, I mean, let me just read you. Like, I, you should just pull up a Broncos schedule just for fun. Because before the bye, they could go into the bye at 2-6 and six because they have the Niners, the Raiders, the Colts, the Chargers, the Jets, and the Jaguars. And basically, if they don't have a winning record coming out of there, there is a chance that they only win six games this year. Because the rest of the schedule looks like the Titans, the Raiders, the Panthers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Chiefs, and the Chargers. That is an absolutely brutal back half of your schedule. If they do not get this figured out this year, you get very, very, very ugly for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and uh, with the way that division is looking, ugly is definitely just the start. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> here comes the weekly Eric coughing fit. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just unfortunate. It, it is just unfortunate. Oh, well, well, uh, congrats on having a, a good team. Uh, that's, that's, fun. That's, that's new. It's new. <laughs> Still trying that's, it on. It's... <laughs> that's fun for you. Uh, I, I hope someday <laughs> – I hope someday I hope someday I'll come out of my thousand years of darkness, which have been long and, and painful. So um yeah, but I guess I'm just stuck with this weird, corny Christian science robot as my quarterback for the next eighteen years. So that'll be fun. Bronco Country, let's ride. Uh, as I've always said, it's Broncos Country, let's cry. So with that, uh, we'll call it a night. Shout out to if 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 the Broncos do win this game, will you do what the Dallas fan did and ride a horse into a Walmart? No, because I think I think I think there's a shot. I, I do think there's a shot that they do win. But I think it's very, very I, I think it's very, very low. I a fun fact, the Denver Broncos, they hired they, they hired in a quote unquote offensive genius and Russell Wilson this offseason. You know how many times they've scored twenty or more points this season? None so far. None. I mean and they have played who? The Seattle Seahawks. And the Houston Texans. Like the, the 49ers might shut the 49ers might shut them out. They they might legitimately be shut out. I'll tell you what though, it still gives you hope for the Panthers game. The only thing you gotta do for the Panthers is score 17 points, and Matt Rule loses has lost all but like one game. Yeah, I mean, I, I to be honest with you, I look at the schedule right now and I see the wins are the Colts. Want to get maybe one against the Raiders and the Panthers. That's where I see the wins. Everywhere else, I see only. You don't think the Jets? You think the Jets are going to take you? They might have Zach Wilson back at that point, and Zach Wilson might be good. So I'll give it to the Jets. All right. All right. I mean, Tennessee, I think, is genuinely going to be a train wreck this year. Well, Tennessee, uh, let me tell you about your high school kids theory it, it is a good theory but they are so injured on defense it is absolutely unreal they they're missing like five of their starters and it doesn't help they lost one of their most de- important defensive players in Harold Landry, Landry like right before the season started so it, it, they're just gonna have a rough year I mean I'll give them that but their offense I think is their bigger problem genuinely like yes their defense obviously let too much happen but at the end of the day their defense is always going to end up letting that much happen when they're getting three and outs the way they're going to if they keep using derrick henry the way they were because he he did not look like the derrick henry of old he looked like a back that's too big and too slow to be playing anymore on monday there and i mean i you know maybe that changes as he but from my understanding those liz frank injuries are not something 
that people just recover from very easily, especially running backs. Nope, that is definitely, definitely, definitely a fair point. All right. Thank you very much, Mason. I appreciate you joining me per usual on these fun little uh, Friday night, up Friday slash Thursday episodes. Thanks for having me, man. Love being here. Who's uh, who's Thursday? Oh, Thursday night football next week's uh, Dolphins, Bengals, Bengals. Yeah, that should, it's going to be a good one, be, probably. That should be fun. Let's record uh, next week on Friday. So let, absolutely. Uh, Let's plan on Friday for that one so we can watch the whole game uninterrupted. Yeah, we don't get stuck live streaming half of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, I, I appreciate you very much, Mason, and we will see you all next week. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. Like, subscribe, leave a review, please. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you all next time.